Welcome to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. Every week, she's bringing inspiring guests to help you embrace motherhood the cool mom way. Emily knows firsthand being a mom is hard AF, but she's passionate that doesn't need to be the end of the story. Shift your perspective on what it means to be a mom while learning practical tips and mom hacks you can use right away. Stay you while nailing the mom game. That's what being a cool mom is all about. Class is now in session. Here's your host, Emily Kylo. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cool Mom 101. It's Emily here. I hope you're all having a fabulous week. So for episode 25, I'm joined by Erica from Mom Break. And Mom Break is an amazing resource for honest motherhood. It's a blog, it's a podcast, and it's really all about giving yourself a break and just having fun with this thing called parenthood. So in today's episode, we chat different parenting styles and how to navigate those, how her mom guilt was so intense at one point that she didn't even go to the gym, how therapy has worked super well for her. We also chat about the idea of super mom and how we can't do it all at the same time. We can do it all, just not at the same time. And we also talk about how friendships and relationships can change after you have kids. And we talk about how clearly dividing household jobs with her husband has led to a much happier relationship. I can't wait for you to hear this episode. There's a lot of value in it, and I think you're all really going to love it. And make sure you take a look at the show notes. The link is in um, the notes here. So the full show notes have a special deal for you. So make sure you check that out. All right, here's episode 25 with Erica from Mom Break. So welcome to the show, Erica. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Another human being. Woo! I know. And you guys won't be able to see this, obviously, on the podcast, but we are on (laughs) video, so it's nice because you kind of get to actually see the other person. It's good. (laughs) And we have matching scrunchies on today, which is ridiculous. (gasps) We both have like pink matching top knot dirty bun scrunchies, which I think is hilarious. But we cute still. Don't worry. We cute. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to jump right into the mom fashions. What is the best part of being a mom? Hugs, real hugs. The ones not that you don't have to force them to give you. <laughs> if they just do them voluntarily, those are the best for sure. Like that, the outpouring of love in the form of hugs. I think so. Well, so my oldest daughter is, my oldest daughter, I have one daughter. <laughs> she is four. <laughs> my oldest child, thank you, is four. And she's just starting to randomly say things like, mommy, I love you so much. Or just randomly come up and give me a hug and kiss. But that's never happened before in the like four plus years of motherhood. So it's honest to God, it just crushes my soul. I'm like, okay, it's worth it that you tantrum for four years. I got this. It's fine. It's all fine. We'll just forget about those first four years and we'll just start here. It's good. Yeah. (laughs) And flipping gears, what's the hardest lesson that you've learned as a mom so far? is letting the things, what to let go and what not to let go. I think that's, and it's also additionally hard to figure that out in collaboration with your partner because those two different parenting styles don't always necessarily mesh. So figuring out what I just need to say, F it, I'm going to let it go. 
this isn't a priority right now. I'm starting to figure that out myself, but then there's this extra level of my husband has that same struggle inside. So we have to sort of figure out what that gray zone is together. And I think that's going to be a work in progress for the next like 20 years. For well, sure. Yeah. And until they, at some point, hopefully leave the house. Um, yeah. I think <laughs> that, well, I think it changes. It's just going to evolve. So right now it's yeah. with toddler things, but one day mm-hmm. they'll be you know, going to to elementary school more full-time potentially, or then they'll be in high school and there's all different things. (laughs) Wild, wild times. (laughs) God, I try to block out the, anything past what I'm in right now, I try not to think about it because it stresses me out the idea of her, me having to deal with a teenage girl. I just, knowing me as a teenager, (laughs) I'm not ready for this. Karma's a bitch. I'm well aware that this is going to be payback. I can't even go there. Let's no. just not then. We'll just no. we'll stay, we'll stay very present. It's very that's, zen of that's, you. Yes, we are. So zen. <laughs> just so zen. So present. So here. Now, this is something you talk about a lot on your blog and on your social media. So in what ways do you experience mom guilt and what do you do to kind of overcome it? It's so funny. Mom guilt is such a weird emotion because for my first daughter, I felt it in a way that it was present in my life, but it wasn't my first daughter, my first child. Here I go again. Like I have one daughter. She, it was this present feeling where it it almost overshadowed everything that I did and every decision that I make. I felt guilty about, you know, all of the things that I was doing. But then when I had my second child, see how I (laughs) I corrected myself and I got it now. Yeah. Mic drop. I... (laughs) it became almost crippling and unbearable, the guilt that I felt for literally everything. So I, I am the kind of person who I am a happier, better person, human, nicer, kinder, nicer human being. If I move my body in some way throughout the day, it could just be that I, you know, get up and walk around the neighborhood. It could be that I go for a run. It could be that I go to the gym or do yoga. class. like, whatever it is, my body has moved off my couch. I know I need that. But for some reason, when I had my two young kids at home, I felt horrifying guilt to go to the gym and put them in the daycare at the gym. So I just didn't go. I had this great option, but I was like, no, I can't. It's my job as a mom to take care of them. I have to be able to raise them. I have to be here all the time. I have to be, it's my responsibility. It's my role. So if I go to the gym and do something that I know makes me a better human, kinder human to everybody around me, my husband included, <laughs> and I snap at my kids way less, but I, I didn't do it. And that affected my mental health, but I didn't do it purely because of mom guilt. So I was talking to my therapist and I talk about therapy all the time. It's like the best thing in the entire world, but <laughs> she asked me a simple question. She said, what rule are you breaking by going to the gym and putting your kids in the playroom for an hour, right? Like an hour a day out of the, how many hours? I mean, we're within 24 technically, but exactly like this should be in my brain. I know that it's a break. It's something that I look forward to, but I still felt so guilty that I didn't do it. So what rule am I breaking? And it's funny because that question, that one moment in time has not necessarily gotten rid of mom guilt for me. I don't think that'll ever truly go away. It's definitely lessened now that they're older and I kind of just don't care anymore. <laughs> but it's 
it's helped a lot because it's constantly when I feel guilty about going out with girlfriends at night or asking, you know, my husband to, you know, take both kids and do double bedtime while I do something for me. It's what rule am I breaking that says me, Erica, as a woman can't do these things. There's, it doesn't exist. We, it, they're self-imposed. And I think that's the starting point to help with guilt for me. It's, but the rest of it has just been a gradual progression over time. And honestly, I don't feel, I would happily leave my children right now and go to the gym. I'd be like, sayonara. See ya. I'm out. Good luck. Go to go play in the playground, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. We'll just leave you here. Just look out for each other. You guys are good, right? Okay. Bye. (laughs) It's, it's true. And it's so funny because we actually, like, I mean, I actually quite literally spent two full therapy sessions talking about this exact scenario because in my mind, I couldn't get over the fact that I should be the one doing these things. And I think so many women I talk to often feel as though they need to bear the load and the weight and the responsibility of the world when really we don't need to be doing that. We need to be working on asking for help and focusing on ourselves. And it's easier said than done. I understand that. I'm the first to admit that. But I I mean, it's it's hard, but it's it's what I've been working on for the last few years and it's paid off, sort of. <laughs> Good for you. Well, these things don't necessarily shift overnight, so to speak. I think it's, it really is a practice that you, your internal dialogue needs to keep saying, like, I I liked your prompt of like, well, what rule am I breaking? If I need, you know, to go read my book while your husband puts the kids to bed, like what's, you know, that's what I need right now. What, what rule is that breaking? I like that kind of prompt, but I do think it takes time to kind of change because it become a, becomes a habit that every time you went to go do something for yourself, you're like, oh, but should I be, you know, taking care of the kids? Should I be doing this for the kids? So it's partly a habit too, isn't it? It's so interesting because, so I do on my Instagram stories, a lot of fast forward cleaning videos. And so if you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, basically I put a camera on a tripod and I record myself cleaning and then I speed it up and it looks like I'm a superhero who's done a lot in a really short (laughs) period of time. But the question I get about those all the time are, well, how do you get all that accomplished if you have the kids? I'm like, well, I asked my husband to watch the kids. Like I'm, I'm fortunate enough. I know that everyone's not in this situation, but in my current situation, my current, who knows what'll happen in the future through yeah. all of this. I have the, he would happily watch the kids if I just asked. So I say, you know what? Like, I really want to focus on organizing this room or doing this. Can you watch the kids while I do that? And he's like, sure, no problem. But people are genuinely shocked that they feel guilty asking their partner for help. And I think that's something we need to start shifting that mindset. If, if you want to be the one that's always watching them and that's you, you do you. But if you want to be doing something else, but don't feel like you can, because you feel too guilty asking for your partner who made them too, (laughs) then maybe it's something that mindset that can be starting to shift. Yeah. And I hear it so much from women, especially I'm sure men have this problem sometimes too, but why do you think it is that so many women and particularly moms have trouble even asking for the help that they know they need? Why do you, why is that a thing? You said a really good point that you know you need. I know that we all know what we need to make us happy. Well, no, we don't all know, but for the most part, the majority of us know what makes us happy and what would 
help us and what would help us thrive as individuals and women and mothers. But I think that missing piece is that society is now creating this, you know, word super mom and superwoman, making it seem like we can do it all. But I honestly don't, I think we can, we can do it all, but we can't do it all at the same time. And that's the misperception there is that people are starting to feel as though they see some random person on the internet doing it all and they should be able to do that too. But then behind the scenes, what they don't see is that they maybe have, I'm just going to use random examples of broken marriage or uh, financial problems. Like you never know what's going on behind the scenes and it's, you can't do it all at the same time. You truly, truly can't. Nobody can, no matter how impressive or awesome or wonderful they are <laughs> not one person martha freaking stewart can't do everything at the same time <laughs> no she even her so don't don't put that type of <laughs> on yourself <laughs> no so thinking back to yourself so your oldest oldest child is four correct <laughs> you're good yes oldest the oldest girl the oldest um girl. she the oldest girl is four she's so god almost five in september Almost wow. Okay. So five in September. You've almost been a mom for five years. Now thinking back mm-hmm. to when you were just a new mom, you have like a newborn, your first newborn. What would you want to tell that Erica? If you could tell her something. This is a really hard one. Cause I don't know if that Erica would listen to me. Ah. <laughs> he, I, I think that, I mean, go back to when you, for instance, like when you're like when people are pregnant for the first time or like people give you all this stupid unsolicited advice, right? I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah, I know. I'll be tired. Sleep when the baby sleeps. Shut up, Nancy. I know. Like, <laughs> Come on. I don't know that she would listen to the practical advice that would actually help me. So the, the what I would tell her is to just find your community of people. Find the moms who who may not necessarily physically be able to help you, but who will help you understand that you're not going through it alone. Like find your crew, find your people and allow them in because what you're going through, so many people as a first time mom think they're going through it alone, but it's like not, we're, no one's really that special. (laughs) We're all going through the same stuff siloed together in our own houses, crying with spit up on ourselves. Like it's just what we do. Yeah, it's just a thing. I remember my lactation consultant, she she gave like a really good kind of visual of what you're describing. She said, you know, I wish there was like a little light that was outside your house that you could flick on when you were really struggling. And then you would notice that like all these moms are at home, like you said, like so upset because their baby's like not feeding well or not sleeping or they haven't slept in like three months, you know? And you would understand exactly what you're saying. We're not alone. I'm not saying that makes it easy, but it does feel good to know that your situation is not unique in a way because you know you'll get through it. <laughs> you know, yeah. it does, you know, there's another side. 100%. Yeah, it's, I, that's the coolest analogy. I love that. And if there was a way to tell people, I don't know about you, but I find that when I am struggling, I have a really hard time admitting it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not the first, as much as I preach asking for help, I'm not the first person to ask for help. It's something that I've had to work on. I'm actually really bad at it. If there was an easy way to just say, hey, guys, I'm struggling. I need help. That would be amazing. Yeah, to just kind of tip people off, to just tip them off. Like, hey, 
I'm not doing the, the best right now. That would be, that would be awesome without having that pressure kind of tell me about mom break. So how did it all start and kind of what's it all about? Yes. So mom break started now over three years ago. I had, I was in between children, which is a weird statement, but I think you understand what I mean in between kid one and two. And I was feeling really, it was in the realm in the world where jeans and white sheets and coffees in bed and mosaic baskets and perfect feeds and Instagram perfection was a big thing. Do you remember that phase where it's Yeah, it just, didn't last too long, luckily. Thank God. No, it's not attainable for anybody. And I've always had the kind of personality where people get, huh, let's say, frustrated with my lack of filter and tact. <laughs> That's the nice way of putting it. So I harness that and just sort of said, you know what, I'm going to start this online platform that I can share how my experience through motherhood has been, but without the Moses baskets and white sheets and jeans on, like who can lie in a bed with jeans and a baby and a coffee? That's not a thing that happens in any mom's real world. It's just not a thing. So, So I started at that to help my mental health in a way that I was able to share this new reality of mine. And it's kind of spiraled a little bit into this world of really awesome moms who I get to talk to every day, who everyone's at very different stages of parenting. But the reality is, is that we're all going through similar problems and challenges together. And the idea behind mom break is that it's being, giving ourselves a break, whether it is a physical, a mental break, throwing yourself a bone and just doing what's best for you and your family and having fun with it. And it's been a really, I can't believe it's been three years. It's been crazy. That's awesome. It's really cool. Oh, so much fun. It's just really neat because then you get to meet different, so many different people. Like we're in different sides of the country right now chatting. I think that's so cool. I would have never had that opportunity before. Yes, absolutely. It gives you that platform, which is part of why, what I love at Cool Mom too, is like connecting with moms who... I wouldn't have met another way, wouldn't have had that opportunity. It's awesome. Now, something I'm curious to hear about is your digital love prompts, Reconnect in 30. Can you tell me about that? (gasps) Yes. Okay. (laughs) These are my favorite and my little dorky creation, actually, because I, like many people, have gotten to the stage in my marriage where we still love each other or well, this was before, we still love each other, but we spent a few years going through the motions of having kids and <laughs> just focusing on the kids and nothing else, not our marriage, not our relationship. We became very much co-parenting roommates. And while we still you know, weren't at the big D word stage yet, it was that moment of time where our kids were a bit older and weren't newborns and just wanted to focus on us again. So I remembered really, well, we've been to couples therapies for years, but I got to the point where I picked up this physical journal at, I think it was Indigo a few years ago. And it was love prompts that you write in every day with your partner. And I quickly realized that when you have at the time, it was, I think at two under three, I think they were that having a journal lying around was like catnip for kids right? It got lost. It got colored on. It got destroyed. We never actually completed it, but the the concept of it actually was 
something that really stuck with me that we weren't able to before have conversations and talk to each other in the same way. So I came up with the idea of to do uh, this program called Reconnect in 30, which is a digital love prompts sent to yourself and your partner every day. You get an email in your inbox that prompts you to start challenging your relationships and your feelings and your thoughts and bringing you closer together in a really difficult stage in life. And it's, it's been really, it's been really cool because the feedback I've gotten is amazing because how it's just another way to connect with your partner during this insane roller coaster of a experience of parenthood. Yes. I love that. And I love the format. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think too, what happens I've noticed a lot and I even experienced a bit with my partner is you almost don't know where to start sometimes, right? You're like, okay, you know, and you're not sure, you know, is this person going to give a little more? Is this person going to meet me over here? Yes. This is nice because it just, it's something that you kind of have agreed upon and then it just can kind of naturally bring you together. And as opposed to, you know, you're waiting for them to do something or he's waiting for you. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of push and pull. Yeah. It's always, I feel like relationships, it can turn into the, not the word comparison, but it's, it's almost like you're keeping track. You're, you're keeping a checklist of who's doing more and who's doing what. Whereas this it's, you're very much, starting small and doing achievable bites because it's also going to, I mean, this is not to replace therapy in any way, shape or form because we still absolutely see a couple of therapists and will for the rest of our lives. You know, my love for therapy. We've already talked yeah, about this. We love it. It's great. It's, it's amazing. And I have my bad benefits. So I use them while I have them, but it's, it's the small achievable things, right? Like where to start. Like you were saying, you don't have to start with big giant date nights once a week. It could just be that you spend 10 seconds sending a cute reply to your love prompt every day. It's, it's what gets the ball rolling and gets you to start thinking about, Oh yeah. Okay. I actually do sort of still love them. Or, (laughs) um, this is why we originally fell in love or, you know, and then there's a whole week on sexy stuff too, right? Like (laughs) this is what you like or don't like. So it's just a different way to do it in a way that fits into a mom's and a dad's or two moms, whatever combination your parent, your lifestyle looks like it fits into that busy schedule of having children. It's more achievable. Yes. I love that. That is awesome. Now, something you've been really open about, I mean, you're open about most things I find, but um, you have been open about the struggles recently of this lockdown life that we're in. So I wanted to ask you how it's been going and what, what I guess has helped you during this wild time. Oh, it's, it's so funny because, well, we were talking before we started how we're both sort of in comms and PR and marketing. And in my day job, I'm dealing with all the communication at my company for this. So the amount of times that I've written in an email while dealing with this unprecedented time. So unprecedented. (laughs) So unprecedented. Like we know people, this is not, this is not normal. We get it. It's, it is very much trying to remind myself that, yeah, this is not normal. I'm exhausted. I'm grumpy. I'm tired. Some days I'm super productive. Other days I just want to fetal on the floor and not talk to anybody. And it's a very unprecedented day. (laughs) It's just, 
it's having to, for me, continuously reminding myself that this is not normal and to the feelings that I'm feeling. So for me, I know it manifests differently with everybody, but for me, it's been like this crazy roller coaster of highs and lows where some days I'm super productive and organize an entire storage room. And the next day I have to ask my husband to tag in with the kids because I just can't. I just, it's not something I feel up to doing. So reminding myself and trying, I hate this expression, but giving me myself the grace to understand that it's okay to feel these things because no one in the world has ever experienced something like exactly what we're doing right now. And we're all just doing our best to figure it out. I have to just keep reminding myself that because some days it's easier than others. Yes, of course. So you are human. <laughs> Go figure it. But that goes back to this whole super mom thing, right? We're, uh-huh. we're putting ourselves into the perspective of, okay, cool. We have to put on a brave face for our kids in this so that we don't, I mean, yes, I agree. We do. I don't want my kids affected by this either, but at what point does the mental health and well-being of the parents involved become a priority. I, I don't know for me that I would sacrifice my kids' health and safety for it, but at the same time, I need to put that up higher on the ladder than I have been, I think, in the past. Yeah, I find that that's a very interesting kind of dance, mm-hmm. the, your needs versus your kids' needs. And we, we talked about it a bit in relation to mom guilt. But I think even when you remove that from the situation, it's like, whose needs are you always taking care of? You know, is it, is it yours first always? Is it your kids first? Does it kind of depend on the situation? It's kind of, it's an interesting kind of juggling act. (laughs) And I think everyone has a completely different answer. Like, I think some people would be mortified if they heard that I put my needs above my kids' needs, but then there it's the flip side as well, where there's some people who are super pro moms, put your oxygen mask on first, because then you can't, you know, be the best mom. There's so many views. So it's what's working for you. And I think now during the situation, the unprecedented situation that we're in, (laughs) God, I hate that word, but I'm just going to keep using it because I find it funny now. It's really just, I'm in, and while this may not be the right way, but I'm very much in a survivalist mode where we're just doing the best we can in every scenario. And some nights it's uh, having a bottle of wine. Other nights it's okay, cool. I'm switching to Perrier because I had too much wine the night before. And (laughs) some nights it's, we're going for big long walks and other nights we're just throwing on the TV. And some days I actually teach her things and other days you know, I let wildcrats or some yoga thing to teach her, <laughs> right? Like there's no two days are the same right now in this moment. I'm just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And I think for me, and it sounds like you're having a similar feeling. It's like, I'm just being a bit flexible with my expectations. So not, you know, having these set dire expectations I must meet every day. Like some days I might do a lot of things and be super productive, kind of similar to what you're saying. And other days, you know, it's like great that I eat a few healthy meals and mm-hmm. do a bit of work. Like that's, that's the max I'm hitting at sometimes. <laughs> and that's a good day, right? Like by, and it's a good baseline. I think having a few healthy meals and doing work, like, yay, productivity. Something I was curious to ask you about was how have your relationships changed? 
after having kids. So we've spoken a bit about reconnecting with your husband and how it's, you know, it's hard when you first have kids and when they're really young. And for me, I, I, of my good friends, I'm the only one who has a baby. So that's always, that's so hard. Yeah. So it's like a different, that's really hard. Good for you. So it's, it's, that's interesting too. So I was wondering for you, how have your, yeah, how have your relationships changed, evolved, et cetera? 108. Oh, then what's that weird joke on TikTok right now? But like what's 180 degrees, like all the young kids are messing up what 180 degrees is. Yep. Yeah, I've been diving down TikTok during Corona. Um, yeah, same. I Yeah, it's so much fun. I love it. I'm like, yes, this is my place. I finally found my home. <laughs> it's, um, no, my relationships have changed, honestly, 180 degrees in, a good, in some good ways and in some bad ways with my husband, my partner. He has brought us closer together and also created moments where we want to murder each other. <laughs> it's, they're sort of no in-between. I guess there is an in-between, which is just very much the norm, boring day-to-day, but it's it's figuring out how to communicate better with one another. That's been the big thing that's changed in our relationship is we've realized now that there's even more barriers for communication and that's things like, okay, could we have something important to say, but the kids are screaming or we have to make sure we know what's going on in their lives or we are on the same page for parenting styles that's been a big challenge for us. That's uh, we've been continuously working on. I think the flip side of things is friends like you. Oh my gosh. I cannot be imagine, imagine how hard it'd be the first one to have, because then it's hard because people don't understand what you're going through in the same way they try. Yeah. But they don't get it really. I mean, I don't want you to, you know, no. And it's funny. <laughs> disown your friends. <laughs> no, no, no. Overall though, I was just quite impressed with them. Because I think as much as, yes, they're never going to fully understand. You can't until you have kids. There's no way. But the ways that they've just kind of showed up in their own way has been quite impressive. Like one of my friends for, it was for Leo's birthday. She, it's my son's birthday. She got me a gift to go get a massage at the Fairmont with her. What? Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's like my best. That's friend. amazing. It was. And it was really thoughtful, even though she doesn't a have perfect her. gift. It's no, I, that's amazing. Perfect gift. I was like, oh, like I was, this is so nice. How did you know? This I know exactly. How did you know? Cause I think she, she put together that you don't have the same amount of time for yourself. And you know, like we talk about these things, of course, and you don't have enough time for yourself. And I think she, she's really good at recognizing me for just being me as opposed to like the mom of Leo. So I think she's understood that. I know. It's very nice. She sounds like a gem. She is a gem. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the flip side, the other good thing, there are times, don't get me wrong, where I'm like, okay, this is kind of annoying that they're complaining to me about how they've napped today. And like, you know what I mean? Like that little stuff like that, that I'm like, yeah, that burns my soul. But it's like, then you're like, I choose, I chose this. So I did, Uh, I did choose it. But there are those little times where you're like, okay, I'm so tired. I woke up at nine. You're like, shut up. Just stop. Yeah, totally. Um, (laughs) Exactly. So there's definitely those moments, but the flip side is when none of your um, friends have kids, they can help watch the child. (laughs) So yeah. And they're probably excited about it too. They're they're like, I just get to play with a kid. 
Totally. Or like we, when we would do date nights, obviously can't now and like want to go out of the house for date night. Um, they, you know, would come over and just be there while Leo's sleeping. And then we don't have to like find some babysitter who's just going to stay there while he sleeps. Like, so that's the dream. Those are the upsides. <laughs> I, so I was in the middle of where my friends had kids. Uh, so I had a, I had like a close group of friends who had kids within the same year but at the beginning of the year and then I like trickled along like nine months later so it was and then I had some friends who had had them sort of like nine months after and then a close group of my girlfriends it's really interesting we realized the other day that there's so there's four of us I have sort of two really close groups of friends but in the one where there's four of us we literally every time somebody has gives birth the other person gets pregnant so all of our kids are almost exactly nine months apart. And there's how many kids are there now? So there's four of us. Oh, I have to do the math. Six, eight. Let's assume there's like seven or eight kids yeah. total. Seven, seven kids. They're literally all exactly, with the exception of like two, I think of them, are nine months apart. So it's crazy. So they're all really close, but all yeah. far enough that it's it's been tricky. But I'm in the middle of my two groups of friends who had kids so it's been really great because from the first group, I got all the support and all of their hand-me-downs. Yeah. And in the second group, I got to hang out and play with the babies. And anybody who was an outlier friend who didn't have kids then became, sadly, that's where it changed 180, where I just, I didn't, it's sad to say, but I just don't talk to them anymore because there's only, not because I don't want to, but because there's only so, the closest friends had kids, but there's only so much time in the day. And we're just doing different things. That's absolutely it. And it's okay. I think, you know, you've come through seasons of your life where you let go of friendships and not even just from motherhood, you know, sometimes it's just, Mm -hmm. they were meant to be in your life for that amount of time and you kind of move on. But I definitely think for me, motherhood kind of amplified maybe relationships that were already on their way out that I was like, I don't have time for this shit. Like I just don't, I got no time. Let's Marie Kondo you out of my life. Gun. No, no, you're not bringing me joy. No, that's absolutely what it was. I was like, just because we, you know, I'm a loyalist kind of person and we've Mm. been friends for so long. I'm like, just because we've been friends for so long doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Like if it's not bringing you joy, Marie Kondo style. So yeah, I think it just kind of put that stuff in the forefront and you're like, okay, onward. 100%. I think that's my, 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 uh, oh gosh, what's it called? My perception of my perception. This is not the right word. My goal with everything right now is literally just to get rid of all this stuff. I'm, I'm recondoing my life, but not so crazy. Like I still need toys in my house because I'm stuck here. (laughs) I got to entertain these kids somehow, but it's like, if something doesn't serve me or doesn't help me feel me, Erica, the human being, the mom, the not like the kid's mom like I'm Erica the human the woman if it doesn't make me feel better then it's like okay cool no like this is not a thing that can be in my life right now because I don't have the mental capacity to deal with it because I'm already dealing with so much shit like no thank you I don't need your shit to totally and then for I think it just kind of takes up space that you don't even have the room and then I think too it kind of opens up then other things you actually do want to come in that's the way I see it anyway. It's like the 100%. All this shit there. Well, there's nothing new and good that's going to come in because there's just no room. Totally. No room. I agree. Too full. So something I saw you do um, 
on one of your blog posts, which I thought was really interesting. And this is in relation to your, um, your relationship with your husband. Um, you wrote out the different responsibilities that each of you has. Yes. And this is something that I think is so powerful because kind of relates to a lot of things we've talked about already, but I do think that a lot of things still typically will default to the, the woman partner often <laughs> in like, if we're talking about yeah, like for sure, male, female, like partner. a heterosexual couple. Yeah. If we're talking about a heterosexual partner, I, I do see that happen. Even when you go back to working full time. So there's two parents working full time. There's statistics about how it's still typically that women who take on most of the housework, for example. Yep. So I loved that you guys did this. And I'm wondering if you can explain how you kind of did it. Like, what did you do? Yeah. So I feel really, really strongly about this. And we joke all the time. I'm not the norm in terms of your traditional sort of housewife. If I could, if my husband and I could have the, the dream would be that he be, he's like the stay at home dad. Cause he's so much better at all of that stuff. Like I'm not a great cook. I like cleaning cause it makes me feel relaxed, but I don't ever mop the floors. I don't ever clean the baseboards. I just tidy stuff. That's really all I, I surface clean, distress clean. But it was in therapy. God, the luck goes back to therapy. When I was in my own personal therapy session one day, I was in that stage. And I remember this session clearly because it was when I was going, when I had my second child. So, and I was in a fresh stage of postpartum anxiety and stress and I was really feeling the overwhelm, the overwhelm of all the responsibilities and things that I needed to do. I, I needed to keep things clean. I needed to teach them. I needed to make sure I was making dinner. I needed to make sure I was taking care of myself. All of the things that were on that list and that mental load were driving me to a place where I was so anxious and so stressed and overwhelmed. And I realized that <laughs> she said something to me like, why don't you just ask your partner for help. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I guess I could do that. <laughs> I, I guess so. And it, that's all, that's all it took. And I realized that what would help us was to make a really clear list and distinction on who was doing what and when, so that for instance, I wouldn't feel resentful for him for something that I expected him to do. There was a moment, and I'm sure everybody's experienced a very similar moment to this, but it's burned into my brain where I was standing in my kitchen making dinner. The kids were both screaming bloody murder. I was trying to get things done. It was the end of the day. I was exhausted. My husband had just come in from work, sat down on the couch, started on his phone, started like scrolling on his phone. And I'm sitting in the kitchen with a knife, chopping something, being like, I could stab him right now. <laughs> this is not how I want. Like, take the fucking kids. Sorry, take the kids. You can swear, it's okay. <laughs> take the fucking kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, do you not and, have eyes? That's what you feel like. You're like, totally. Like, know what I want and know what I need and figure it out and get shit done. Mm -hmm. And it occurred to me in that moment that, my husband is a wonderful human being. I have to preface this by saying I don't actually show him on any of my social platforms and people don't know a lot about him, but he's like the kindest, nicest, most genuine human being in the entire world. And he is the kind of person that if I needed help and just asked and put that hand up and said, 
help me. I'm struggling. I'm drowning. I'm sitting in the kitchen thinking about stabbing you while the kids are at my feet screaming and you're making dinner. You're sitting on the couch on your phone. Can you just help me and take the kids out so I can make dinner? He hundred percent would in an instant. Yeah. He just doesn't, he's a dude and doesn't think that he wants to help, but he's also in his mind, if I flip it around, he is come home from a long day of work. He's tired. In his mind, he's just sitting on the couch to decompress before 10 minutes before he jumps into helping. Like that's all that's going on in his, his mind. So mm-hmm. we're having these two parallel conversations. So I asked him, I said, can you just take the kids downstairs, play with them while I make dinner? He's like, sure, no problem. Can I just have two minutes on the couch before I go? I was like, Great. okay, yeah, you can. Cool. Took the kids downstairs. I sat upstairs, put on a podcast, listened to a glass of wine by myself and made dinner. And it was amazing. Yeah. So be that between simple. the, it, and I mean, it's, it's not depending on all the partners, but if you have a good partner where you're a team, then it could be that simple. So with my therapist being like, just ask for help and me almost stabbing my husband, I was like, we can do this with all of the things in the house. Why don't we do it for, we had issues over the diaper genie, like who, who changes the diaper genie? Like if it's full, change it. But right? Like you would think, but but. you would think, but eh, everyone thinks differently. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus, right? It's, we think differently. And there's a reason why we're different human beings with genetic makeups. But I then took that philosophy into all aspects of our household. And we sat down one day and we listed out literally all of the micro nitty gritty things that we do in our house. So it got real, it got real, real nitty gritty from things like sweeping, um, making dinner and doing the laundry, literally everything that physically takes time in our house. And we assigned it to one another. I love that. And then with that, we know that if, you know, so he now and has had the diaper G on his list for the last week. So I know that the diaper genie is just always going to get emptied. And we made a condition that if it's not going to get done right away or something comes up because life and kids, we just quickly say to each other, like, Hey, look, I couldn't do the diaper genie because Austin was losing his mind. Like I'll do it later. Cool. Thanks. You got it done. So now we know exactly what we're responsible for. We're adults. We do it. Things come up. It doesn't always work, but there's no resentment and bitterness and aggression. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like making up, we all do this, but you know, making up those stories, which you kind of talked about at the beginning where it was like, he had in his mind a certain way that this was playing out. You had in Mm -hmm. your mind this certain way, but when you can just talk about it and straight up say what is happening, then you just take that out of the equation. So nice. It's so nice. And it's, it's so much easier said than done because I know that it's hard to do, but so actually, um, you know what I can do? I have, um, I'll give you the link because I have uh, a freebie on my website for a template of the um, household chore agreement. And I put it together into a formulated list where you can actually go through. And also I'll send you a link to that so you can send it to your listeners. But um, it, it's literally just a matter of printing it out, writing down all the things. Actually, for the most part, all of the things are already listed on the chore agreement and you have room to add whatever is applicable to your life as well. And just putting who's doing what so that you're on the same page. That's all just to be aligned, right? It's, Love it. Uh, it's, it's saved so much fights. And now our house is, I mean, it's not perfect, but it's cleaner than ever. Kids, it's yeah, like it's, it is what it is. And you're striving for here. 
this or that kind of thing. But yeah, I think that's, I thought it was just brilliant. And yeah, I'm glad we got to talk about it because I think it was, it's just such a good idea. Like no need to feel resentment because he didn't take out the diaper genie because he told you he couldn't, like, it's just easy. It's a little more Mm -hmm. like flow and you don't have to have all those emotions over a fucking diaper genie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Unnecessary. (laughs) So before we wrap up and do our final two questions, I would want to know where we can find you. So where's the best place for everyone to follow along? Instagram is where it's my happy place. It's where I hang out the most. It is at mum.break. So mum period break. And my website is probably the other best place. So mumbreak.ca. Awesome. And I'll link that stuff too, but just wanted to hear you say it. Um, and I want to sincerely thank you for taking the time to talk with me and just for being so open about all the things you're experiencing and for giving us very useful tips on some things we can try as well. Thank you. Aww, thank you. I, <laughs> oh, I love this. I needed that this and this was such a fun um, chat. Thank you for letting me just ramble on about my what's the weird thoughts in my head I appreciate it my pleasure did it somewhat feel like therapy or not quite (laughs) if anything away from my children at this point feels like therapy yeah perfect I love it okay so thinking back over the last week or so what has been your biggest mom fail and then we'll end on the positive with your biggest mom win uh, my biggest mom fail was like aggressively yelling at my kids. I, I would normally I would pick something funny and light, like I got poop on my face, <laughs> but I'm going to get real, real for a second because it was um, something had happened. I think I even slapped Aubrey's hand or foot or something. And I just like really yelled at them and yelled in front of them. And we've all done it, but it's no one admits to doing it. And it's this deep, shame and they then they run into their rooms and cry and they're all upset and you have to go and apologize with your tails between your legs but that was definitely my big mom fail for sure yep I haven't had (sighs) yet but I'm sure it's coming I have a toddler now so (laughs) oh yeah they'll eventually push you till you snap or somebody (laughs) somebody will for sure um okay my big mom win honestly I'm gonna go back to the hug and this isn't necessarily it's not even something that I did I just I got told that I was loved by my daughter and I got hugged. And I, it's funny because after she did that, I looked over at her. I'm like, you know what? (laughs) I said it to her because I don't have anyone else to talk to right now. I said, we're doing a pretty good job raising you, aren't we? (laughs) She's like, yes, mommy. I was like, ah, then I cried. (laughs) That's the validation I needed right now. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for validating me, four-year-old. I appreciate it. This is all that I needed. Hey, in this unprecedented time, (laughs) we will take the validation from unlikely sources, okay? Heck yes, we will. Anything we can. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I love it. Well, thanks again, Erica. And we'll all follow along with you at Mom Break and chat to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.